Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang. This is SiriusXM Progress. Uh, tonight, we have a really good one. It is the first time that the whole team has been back together, sort of. Not really in the same room, not even in the same state, but at least working on the same show in a couple of weeks. The mighty Thea Harper is running things from the Brooklyn studios. I am coming to you from, uh, where am I? I'm in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, as always, people of Earth, please welcome back a man we missed very much on his vacation last week, the immortal Chris Hauselt, coming to you from South Carolina. Hello. Hello, Chris. How was your vacation? Did you have a good time? It was wonderful. I want to thank the people of Western North Carolina for an amazing experience of, of peace and gratitude. We missed you. You missed uh, some really good shows. Uh, Ilhan Omar uh, was so angry you weren't here. She she threatened to end the interview, but we we talked her down and it, it went pretty good. Um, and I'm glad to have you back. T- tonight's Tonight's a good show. I don't even know how to set people up for this. I am doing the show from somewhere on a golf course in Tucson, Arizona. So glad you're here. And a lot happened in the news today. We have so much to cover. And as always, we want your thoughts on everything. So before I dive into it, we got to talk about a lot on the show tonight, including Donald Trump visiting East Palestine, Ohio, to show he's a man of the people. And he'll be there for them in their time of... Na- no, I'm just kidding. He completely praised himself and tried to rewrite history because he along with Elaine Chao, the woman he's fond of hurling racist taunts at, they both share a lot of the blame for what happened with that train break two weeks ago. 1,500 flights have been canceled so far as heavy snow, wind, and extreme cold are lashing our nation's northern tier. You're going to see parts of the East Coast having 80-degree heat in February and parts of the West that don't have snow seeing snow this week. I woke up in Arizona this morning at 4 a.m. because the wind was howling so harsh and the rain was so harsh. It's crazy. Uh, The Pentagon released a photo offering a clear look at the world-famous Chinese spy balloon taken by a U-2 spy plane pilot flying above the dastardly dirigible and weather-affected extreme low tides have combined with a long-standing drought emergency to force uh, several of Venice, Italy's famous canals to dry up. And speaking of drying up, uh, 
Marjorie Taylor Greene. She gets to talk about how she wants America to dissolve and wants secession and is looking forward to some kind of civil war. And she's going to get to go on serving in her committees. We got to talk about this. 866-997-GRIT. That's the number for you guys to join our show right now. Let's talk about Brett Stevens. You know, Brett Stevens, the, the the conservative columnist for The New York Times, when they feel that, you know, they've leaned too hard in their bias towards truth and facts. Brett Stevens, he's a guy who once called global warming mass hysteria. He's the guy who said climate science had been thoroughly discredited. And he got the ball rolling today with a very superficial and deeply inaccurate analysis of some data on masks and diseases Pretty much, Brett managed to ignore 100 years of medical data going back to the 1918 influenza pandemic. And again, he's sort of given up on the climate denial. But today, there was a piece in the New York Times that if you didn't see it, I recommend it. It's not just about health. It's about the line between reality and fiction. It's about the line between empathy and selfishness. It's a piece called The Mask Mandates Did Nothing. Will any lessons be learned? Oh, man. See, there was a, a 2021 study in Germany that showed that if you require people to wear face masks, it did, in fact, decrease the daily growth rate of reported COVID-19 cases by more than 40%. You might have noticed nobody got the flu for two whole years because a lot of us were wearing masks at the time. But there's this study, and it's an amalgamated study, and it said that masks essentially did nothing, that the masks didn't do any good. It didn't say the masks didn't do anything because the masks don't work. The study said the masks did nothing because people didn't wear them properly. People didn't wear them consistently. It's not the same thing as masks not working. But today's New York Times was a masterpiece in manipulating data to feed a conservative narrative that isn't true. Brett Stevens writes, when it comes to the population level benefits of masking, the verdict is in. Mask mandates were a bust. Those skeptics who are furiously mocked as cranks and occasionally censored as misinformers for opposing mandates were right. The mainstream experts and pundits who supported mandates were wrong. In a better world, it would behoove the latter group to acknowledge their error, along with its considerable physical, psychological, pedagogical, and political costs. Okay, I know, that's the most smug paragraph you've ever heard, and I promise I'll do my best, but I don't know if I can be that smug tonight. Um, the cranks he's talking about, uh, the skeptics he's talking about, they weren't right. They were dicks and they were selfish and they refused to wear masks during a global pandemic, even when it was killing 3,000 Americans a day. What this is, is Brett Stevens trying to use science to gain even more popularity with right-wing people who reject science. The mask mandates did nothing, he says. Yeah, except save lives and keep people from getting sick. I mean, he cherry-picked the study and he promotes the right-wing dogma about how wearing a mask unleashed mass malaise on the population and tortured school children. But this recent CDC study reports that N95 masks reduces your odds of infection by a factor of six relative to unmasked individuals. That's very significant in terms of reducing the rate of illness for vulnerable individuals. And it's very useful to keep hospitals from being overwhelmed. Do you remember when the hospitals had freezer trucks outside for all the bodies? Wasn't that long ago. But this story was carried 
all over the place. And right-wing people were saying, see, the masks never worked. Here's the deal. Masks don't work on their own. And masks don't do everything. It's called harm reduction, not harm elimination. It was about slowing the spread. That's it. Not ending the disease, not keeping anyone from getting it. And you'll recall that quaint little trope that you don't wear the masks to keep yourself from getting it. You wear the masks to keep yourself from spreading it. You know, you can still get the COVID if you're wearing a mask, but if you have COVID and you're coughing while wearing a mask, it slows the spread. That's all it did. But Stevens quotes Tom Jefferson, who's uh, an epidemiologist from Oxford, and he did this big analysis of studies about the efficacy of masks to reduce the spread of different respiratory illnesses. And he said, there is no evidence that they make any difference. Full stop. Well, well, wait, they ask. How about N95 mask as opposed to the regular cloth? It makes no difference. None of it. Now, that's weird, right? I mean, basic germ theory says, no, doctors should wear masks during surgery. If you're getting surgery, you want the doctors to be wearing masks, right? Well, when you read down in the text of what Dr. Jefferson actually said, it's rather interesting because he says it's probably related to the way people behave. It could be the way viruses are transmitted or their port of entry. People don't wear masks correctly. No one really knows for sure. I keep saying it repeatedly, but it needs to be looked at by doing a huge randomized study. Masks haven't been given a proper trial. They should have been done, but they were not done. So in other words, the very study this man is quoting in the New York Times, the New York Times, by the way, who's paying Brett Stevens to platform and validate anti-mask people during the worst pandemic in a hundred years. Well, he's playing with the numbers. This review included 78 studies. The overall review, that's the Cochrane team review that said that masks don't work. Now, only six of the 78 were conducted during the COVID-19 pandemic. And of those six, only two of them were on masks. Only two of the studies dealt with flu transmission in you know normal conditions. And then there were two that were about COVID and masking in particular. But neither of those two out of 78 looked directly at whether it told people to wear masks, but whether people were encouraged or told to wear masks. See, just because the government says wear a mask, as you all know, liberals and conservatives alike, it doesn't mean people are going to wear masks because some people don't care. Some people are dicks. Some people don't have masks. It doesn't mean the masks don't work. It could be that people just don't wear them when they're asked to, or they're not wearing them right. You know, like the chin diaper people wear around their chin. So from all of this, he said, 78 studies proves masks don't work. And this set the internet on fire. If you have a basic understanding of infectious disease transmission, if you've ever cared for patients with COVID, if you've ever been around someone who has an immune disorder, you know wearing a mask doesn't provide a false sense of safety. It gives you safety. I mean, you can, you can test this because, but the people who don't understand disease transmission will spread misinformation to the public. Come to an emergency room, be around coughing infectious patients and don't wear a mask and see how long it takes for you to have COVID. The study that the New York Times, again, the New York Times platformed a picking and choosing of the facts to lie. The study said that mask wearing during the pandemic wasn't effective because people didn't wear them properly. The study never says masks don't work. There were Times readers who pointed this out. And one person said in the comments, if parents strapped children upside down into car seats, uh, their kids would not be safe. It wouldn't mean that car seats don't work. 
And there was a huge anti-mask backlash in this country. Selfish schmucks who would wear the mask and pull it under their nose when they walked around. And that doesn't even count as wearing a mask. It counts as you being a selfish dick. Remember the big study in Bangladesh? They had over 170,000 people in this intervention group. And then they had a control group. And the authors did these studies in different towns. And they found that 40% of the experimental group wore masks, compared to around 10% in the control group. And it was a substantial reduction in people with COVID symptoms in the group that wore the masks. In surgical mask villages, we observe a 35.3% reduction in symptomatic seroprevalence among individuals under 60 years old. The study said masks don't work if you don't wear them. The New York Times platformed a right-wing columnist who said, the study shows masks don't work. I mean, he says we have to unmask because he thinks masks don't work. It completely misinterprets the entire study. And the New York Times is still allowed to run it, not apologize for it. And hey, they got a lot of clicks. <laughs> but again, it, the study said masks did nothing because people didn't wear them consistently or properly, not because they don't work. But here's where we're at now. I mean, you don't need 100% compliance to save lives. Seatbelt use was only 13% in 1983. Last year, it was 90%. You understand, as more people wore seatbelts, they save more lives. But in the first year, when only 13% were wearing them, and people were still dying in car accidents, there were cranks back then who said seatbelt laws don't work. And again, this is a guy who said for decades, climate change is a hoax. So, you know, like, is Brett Stevens going to write an article about what days it's safe to leave on your helmet when you go on a motorcycle? And what days you don't need one? Because you don't really need one. I rode a motorcycle without a helmet, and I was fine. Except for the one time you're not. That's what we're up against, friends. We're up against the New York Times <laughs> actually pushing this. And by the way, can I just say one more thing? The mass adoption of masks, the hand washing, the social distancing, it did make a difference in transmission rates. And we have proof of it. Because what happened to the flu? I mean, the flu is a respiratory ailment. And it sunk to historic lows in these two years. I know people who didn't get a cold for two years because we were safer. Because some of us, not all, were looking out for other Americans. Because that's what patriotism is supposed to look like. So the conclusion of the study is that we don't really have persuasive evidence either way about the population level impact of a mass mandate because this country never had a damn mask mandate for the entire population. It was always do it if you want. Trump wouldn't wear one. It's almost the opposite of this completely dishonest, misleading op-ed. This should be retracted by the New York Times as disinformation because it completely misrepresents the study it pretends to summarize. This is on you, New York Times. It should be retracted. They should apologize. And they can stop paying Brett Stevens. I know it's important to have a right-wing douche on the payroll. But really, New York Times, those of us who pay for your damn paper online deserve better. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. 
Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I'm John Fiegel saying this is Progress After Dark. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. Let's go to the phones. Thea, thank you so much. Sean is calling from California. Sean, welcome. Hey, brother, what a great intro. You know, this has always driven me crazy since the pandemic. We got so many problems caused by it. You know, I thank goodness never got COVID. And I tested a bunch wow. of times when I had a few little sniffles and stuff. But I shouldn't say that, right? Because I could have had COVID three, four, or five times and yeah. not known it because I was asymptomatic. But the exactly. one thing I always did from the beginning is wear a damn mask. And I was wearing good ones. I went to the grocery store with one. I went everywhere. I told my kids. I mean, we were my, I have an 82 year old mom. I, I was just overly cautious, even before the vaccinations, you know, because I didn't want to kill someone else, you know? That yeah. was really the thought in my head. And but that's so, it, right? Oh my- it's a, but, but Sean, it's an empathy test. The same people who think that their right to have an AR-15 because they enjoy it for entertainment matters more than your kid's life. These are the same people yeah. who think that I shouldn't have to wear a mask because my convenience and comfort matter more than your kid's life. I mean, it's a goddamn mask. And these whiny yeah. bitch men, these whiny bitch men <laughs> had to just have such a fit over it for years. Well, you know, and, and this is the thing that if they if they had any common sense about why human beings even live as long as we do today, even though we have smoking and all these cancers and all these things that cause us to die. But the problem is they don't even understand the basics. Number one, pasteurization of milk saved bazillions of lives, you know, because right. milk. Right. And the other thing was water filtration. But you know what made us all live longer to this day because of is of course the vaccines Mm -hmm. that's that's where people get tricked because they think oh my god there must be some poison or something in there that's doing something to shorten our lives and the the fact is it's the actual opposite you know the brain is is experience dependent and i want to have a different discussion another day with you about um the therapies nowadays but the fact is, is that we have such good science with vaccines, water filtration, pasteurization of milk, and wearing a mask just to be respectful of your brothers and sisters, whether you agree with their politics or not, so you don't make them sick. And That's kill all them. it is. That's all it is. You know, it's just basic courtesy. It's just like, hey, and again, we have to keep saying it. You don't wear a mask to keep yourself safe. I get the whole Swiss cheese model. The, the the particles of the of the virus will go through a cloth mask and they will get to you. I get it. And it's somewhat more protection with an N95. I get it. But we wear the mask so we don't spread it because any of us could be asymptomatic and have it. But you got to care about other Americans first. And I guess my definition of patriotism, my definition of responsible and my definition of Christian is a bit different from some other people. 
Oh, I'm right with you, brother, and I will continue to work for those who probably probably hate me for my policy beliefs and and they think things of me that aren't true because of the propaganda with Fox Blues and all oh, those I know. I know. I hear you. I'll keep fighting for them. I'll keep fighting. You and me both. I wear, listen, I wear masks all the time, but mainly because people ask me to wear them in public because my appearance frightens children. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it, Sean. Let me go to Greg, who's calling from Florida, about that same New York Times article by uh, the immortal Brett Stevens. Hi, Greg. Hi, good evening. Um, Hello. Yes, I, I read the article and I was appalled. Um, I was shocked. I, I've been an epidemiologist with a doctorate for the last 41 years. And one of the areas that I specialize in is infectious disease. As I read the article and what they what they tried to do is they tried to accumulate a number of studies. And in doing so, they lose the granular nature. They, They took the overall results from studies and then tried to apply it to individuals to say, oh, this doesn't work for the individual. That is a classic violation of the research kinds of analysis you're so right from that said then they waffled then they waffled at the end they said well we really can't say whether it does or it doesn't but we lean on the fact that maybe it doesn't and uh, it's just terrible they they created a, a logical fallacy that we teach in class you cannot conclude things based on the kind of analysis that they did. And so mm-hmm. just, for, just for the readers, uh, here's a counter argument by someone who's been trained in the discipline. It was wow. bad. It was just bad. I was so shocked, Doctor, in that article to see Brett Stevens talking about, you know, the speculative harms from mask wearing, speculative harms from mask wearing, specifically that, like, people would never use them correctly. So why bother? But to that, I apply the seatbelt rule as well. We've had 40 years for people to learn how to do it. Now we do it almost unconsciously, and it saves American lives. And when we know what we know about respiratory transmission is that it is often through what are called droplet nuclei. We've mm-hmm. all seen the... the oh, I learned a lot about that. Yeah. Who sneezes and you see this spray. Well, a person wearing a mask who may have COVID or influenza who doesn't know it, and that person coughing and sneezing, that, and sneezing those do, droplet nuclei, yes, will get caught in that mask. That's right. Because they're big enough to get caught. As you mentioned... Yep. A virus that's not on a droplet nuclear may come through the, net, the mask, but we don't mm-hmm. even know how much of a virus it takes in order to instigate an infection. It's also a very good point. That's why I need to have a smart doctor call in every time I talk about this, and I do appreciate it. Dr. Greg, please call us more often. I'm so glad you read the same article, because when I woke up this morning in Arizona, that was all I could see people raging about. And when I read it, I just, I couldn't even believe Stevens actually read the study. The study keeps saying over and over again, we're not saying masks don't work. We're saying we haven't tried wearing masks yet. And this is the same guy who's been saying climate change is a hoax for a long time. So I think we know what this is about. Thank you so much for calling us. I do appreciate it. We have to hit a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment with the great Bob Seska and your calls. We are at 866-997-4748. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is SiriusXM Progress. Let's talk about the great Bob Seska. Uh, maybe you fell in love with Bob Seska through his amazing columns in a salon in the Daily Banter. Maybe you fell in love with Bob Seska through his raucously brilliant and rugged appearances on the Stephanie Miller Show. I think the man has one of the best podcasts in the game for just reasoned discourse about politics and logic and pop culture. And the guy's knowledge of music is it puts me to shame. We are always <laughs> thrilled to have Mr. Seska join us every Wednesday. Bob, how are you? Thanks so much, John. And I appreciate the ego boost every Wednesday night. It's <laughs> so lovely to just bask in that introduction. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm six <laughs> two. Look, I'm I'm six two, and I appreciate getting to be next to you and feel like a scrawny before picture once a week. It's uh, <laughs> I, I, my ego gets a little too built up, and then I come stand next to a master race <laughs> specimen like yourself, and I'm put back in my place. And I thank you for it, um, Bob. Oh my God! So much to get to today. Yeah. Can, can I just begin by giving a little uh, a little heartfelt tribute to Emily Coors, who was the foreperson of the Georgia grand jury that was weighing evidence of uh, Donald Trump's attempts to um, interfere with the 2020 election. She came out this week, and either either she's really thirsty or she just can't keep herself from singing. She said, "You won't be too surprised." by the grand jury's recommendations for indictments. Um, there was legal people said it was painful to watch her drop hints about the deliberations and all these interviews she did. But let's talk about what's going on there in Georgia, because it seems like it seems like someone's getting indicted. And I mean, is this finally going to be the day we get our Mueller prize in the mail? Yeah. You know what I keep saying, John, is that the indictments could be handed down any second. I mean, we could see that could happen during our conversation today. So uh, it's one of those things that uh, the question marks are all leading to some big answers. And I, I just I wanted to say something about the jury four person Please. just for a second, because Please. she's kind of illustrating what I've sort of kind of sort of been saying about Merrick Garland and the need to be super duper careful. Hit this. When it comes to investigating, indicting and prosecuting a former president. And so this thing that the ju jury four person has done by going on cable news and so on is not only putting herself in danger, which is a separate issue. And, and I don't like to get into victim blaming or anything like that. If anything happens to her, it's entirely the fault of the people doing that sort of harassment or whatever it might be. Um, but. By doing this, she's throwing a wrench in the works and making it giving Donald Trump and giving his supporters a foothold that they don't need to have. And that's, and that's again, going back to Merrick Garland, going back to Jack Smith, 
That's the sort of thing that they're desperately trying to avoid to the point of taking much longer than I think uh, our our patients will allow uh, to a certain extent. So I'm hoping that this will not necessarily be as bad as I, I think it might be, but, uh, and I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world. I mean, it's certainly not going to ruin any case that Fonnie Willis might have, but it's, it doesn't help. <laughs> That's the bottom <laughs> line. I think it's, it's not helping. And I, I wish that she had exercised a little bit more restraint yeah. before immediately jumping on to the, you know, the next nearest camera and, and talking about this. Um, I can understand the temptation to do that. Sure. But, you gotta gotta think of the bigger game here. Gotta think of the long game. I agree. I, I've said this many times in defending Merrick Garland, which I've done many times. When he was handling the Unabomber case, there were no leaks. When he was working yeah. on the Timothy McVeigh case, there were no leaks, and he got a hundred percent convictions on those cases. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I've said all along, Merrick Garland's job is not to make liberals happy and it's not to make the history books as being the first person to prosecute a former president. His job is to make sure that if he indicts someone, he can get a conviction. And so, you know, we, I I guess I should say that I want him to be careful. And again, I I keep saying, I don't care if Donald Trump ever goes to jail or not. I just want him to ruin Ron DeSantis in 2020 uh, for, but, but Emily Coors went on this media tour. I've never seen a jury four person do this, maybe after the OJ trial, but Robert Costa reported today that CBS learned lawyers close to several GOP witnesses in Fulton County. This includes Giuliani and Newt Gingrich, and this includes uh, uh, Lindsey Graham, that several of the witnesses are preparing to move now to quash any possible indictments by the DA based on the public statements. In other words, Donald Trump's henchmen and winged monkeys, they're already trying to use the four women's media tour to try to destroy any indictments. They're yeah, ready for yeah. it. And she may have played into their hands. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the sort of thing that I'm concerned about. I don't know that that's necessarily going to go anywhere. I mean, obviously, every step of the way, irrespective of jury f- four persons coming out and talking on cable news or what have you. Donald Trump and the people around Donald Trump are going to challenge every motion, everything that happens in court, everything that happens outside of court. This is their process. They they have to obstruct. They have to delay. And Donald Trump wants to delay as long as possible, ideally until he's dead. I mean, that's yeah. the ultimate goal. I'm not trying to be morbid with that. I'm just saying that that's the end game. Stall. Keep keep himself out of prison. And yeah. do whatever is necessary. So th- whatever the challenging to vacate uh, any sort of indictments, that's just a, a stalling tactic. That's that's part of the delay and obstruct process, I think. Right. Not not any chance of that. I, I can't I can't foresee. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily a, uh, I'm certainly not a lawyer and I'm not that much of a legal expert when it comes to Georgia grand juries. Uh, but this that right. seems like a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not a legal expert. I'm a radio host, so I know everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's about the extent of it. But I mean, I, I think our spidey sense on this is about right. And yeah. it's and part it's of the course for these guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, my, yeah. Mike Pence coming out and trying to use the, you know, a clause from the Constitution protecting congressmen from having to testify, which he knows won't work. But he was trying to say as the president of the Senate... Uh, it covers me. He, yeah. It's all stalling. These guys are just trying to delay, 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 hopefully until there is a Republican president who can replace these do-gooders. Yeah, yeah. But but you want to climb it, though, with these indictments, with other indictments, 
that's unimpeachable, that doesn't have any sort of patina of vengeance or partisanship or anything like that. I mean, obviously, Republicans, Donald Trump and the rest are going to make that part up. They're going to say, oh, well, yeah, Jack Smith is uh, clearly a Trump hater and he's in league with Hillary and all these crazy things. There's no bearing in truth there. And so that only plays well in the base. But with that additional layer where a jury foreperson comes out and says, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she wasn't being overtly partisan or anything like that. She was just being coy and silly and kind of attention grabbing and so on. I don't know that there's much there uh, for them mm-hmm. to latch on to, but they're going to latch on to it anyway. Well, let me let me shift gears a little bit and talk about something that uh, gave me some more hope for the world, Bob, because you know what it's like to watch Fox News for years and to scream at your TV. You people are liars. Yeah, You people are corrupt and you're li- you people are corrupt liars and you know you're lying. How nice is it? to have the text messages come out and realize, mm-hmm. oh, Fox News hosts agree with me. They are corrupt liars who know they're lying. We have that in common. I yeah. never knew how much I had in common with Tucker and Hannity until I saw those texts and realized they know how awful they are as well. I, mm-hmm. I mean, how much control does this Rupert Murdoch-owned media outlet have over our governance that there's yeah. not going to be any consequences for this? They knew there were no WMDs and yet so many troops died. They knew Barack Obama was born here, but they booked every racist in the world for years. And they knew that Trump lost the election. And now Mm -hmm. we know they were telling each other they knew. They're all part of the same lie. And can there ever be any kind of retribution here? Yeah, they're all part of the same lie. And including Donald Trump, they're all part of the same scam, which is to exploit loopholes in the American system. Donald Trump was doing that on, well, I would say, I was going to say once a day, but multiple times a day, he would exploit unwritten rules and, and things in the uh, uh, in the Constitution and in the uh, U.S. Code, where is it? Well, this isn't written down, so we don't need to do it. Or this is, we're, we're doing, we've got this uh, freedom of press thing, and I'm sure Rupert Murdoch is going to hide behind that as much as he can. And, and that, in a way, gives Fox News, the First Amendment gives Fox News that kind of wiggle room to challenge yes. in court. And and the thing with the Dominion voting systems lawsuit is I don't know that it's going to succeed. I don't know that Dominion law is going to win that lawsuit. They may end up settling for some reduced sum or something like that. But the big deal that we're going to get out of this is, is really what's already happened with the release of these text messages. It's already fading. It's already fading. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it shouldn't be fading. And that's another that's another loophole. That's another gap in the system that the Republicans have exploited our short attention spans, social media, uh, drive by news cycles mm. and so on. That's what drives me bananas, because this Fox News story should be an enormous piece of news. This should be leading the front pages of every newspaper and every website in the United States and abroad, for that matter, because yes. Fox News has perpetrated a televised fraud against its own viewers. But you and but- I, John, and, and and your audience, we're not the victims of Fox News's duplicity, Fox News's real-time historical fiction that they're trying to pull off. 
it's their own viewers. And that's the same know, goes with Donald Trump supporters. They're the I got to fight. Here's where I got to fight you, Mr. Seska. And it grieves <laughs> me because you're one of the smartest people I know. And I, you're you're a much more moral man than me. But uh, the hmm. reason why it's fading, the reason why that Fox News isn't going to pay a penalty is because Fox News will not lose one viewer over this. Their audience yeah, yeah. does not feel betrayed at all. Their audience tunes into that channel to be told that they're allowed to hate the same people they want to hate. That's the service Fox provides. It's not to give mm -hmm. information. It's to validate the darkest parts of their heart. So in Fox News won't pay a penalty. No advertisers are going to bail on them because of this. No viewers are going to bail on them because of this. And again, you, Newsmax got ahead of Fox in promoting the big lie. And Fox is playing catch up. I mean, I think that's yeah. why we know Fox played so hard on this because they were afraid of a smaller, more rapidly racist, dishonest news network taking ratings points away. Right. I mean, the fact that they all knew it was a lie just to me shows that Fox News was created by a foreign born billionaire with the express goal of tearing this country in part. Yeah. That's it. And, that's why it's here. And honestly, I don't know how you hold Fox News accountable other than through lawsuits. And again, it's going to be a tough climb for Dominion in this particular lawsuit. The other thing, the other dimension to this, John, is something that may actually be a little more serious than a lawsuit or Fox News's duplicity. Please. But the very fact that all of these Fox News viewers don't care that they're being lied to indicates mass delusion. I, I mean, <laughs> yes. I'm not a lawyer. I, I'm not a legal expert when it comes to Georgia law, but I can tell you this. I'm also not a, a psychologist. But well, I know I, I, enough I'm, to I'm not a legal. I'm not a legal expert, but I'm an expert <laughs> on religion. Uh, so I can yeah. talk to you about mass delusion all the time and how you, okay. can know, you can know someone is lying to you. But if they're telling you what you want to hear, there's no drug sweeter. Right, right. And that's just it. I mean, I I always go back to this ongoing observation that America is in the throes of a societal nervous breakdown. We're having a hard time adjusting to and dealing with reality in this country, whether it's uh, a pandemic, whether it's uh, a dictatorship, whether it's fascism, whether it's a news network, a network comporting itself as news and however many millions of viewers buying into it as being news when they know full well, it's like, it's like professional wrestling, it, but when professional uh, when professional wrestling fans believe it's 100 percent real, even though every wrestler has at one point or another said, well, you know, it's it, you know, we really get injured and these are real fights to an extent. This is it sports entertainment, but... sir. We do sports <laughs> entertainment here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, and, and that's the thing. So um, it, to that extent, I believe one of the ways that one of the processes that need to take place in order to fight back against this has to be some sort of, I don't know, mental health uh, uh, program or something, deprogramming. I, I don't know what you do to bring these people back. But the fact of the matter is, and this also plays into the question of secession, is we're one nation. And at some point, we will have to bring these people back from the brink of whatever sort of delusion that they're experiencing right now. And so this is going to be something that we'll all have to confront at some point, the brainwashing of, you know, upward of whatever it was, however many votes Trump got uh, in 2020, 74 million, yeah, yeah. the brainwashing of 74 million people, 
in large part due to Fox News Channel and its copycats. So what do you do? What what do you do to bring those people back in order to have a cohesive republic anymore? Uh, that's a big yeah. question mark. Yeah. And what do you do when they don't want to be brought back? Let, let's oh. talk about the culture war, because, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene has found her niche. Uh, her job right now is as safe as a black band leader who laughs at Jay Leno's jokes. Um, <laughs> she now can come out and say in a tweet, we need a national divorce. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this. Um, from the sick and disgusting woke culture issue shoved down our throats, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she's allowed to say this because her job is safe. She supported Kevin McCarthy, got a lot of the lunatic caucus to come along. And she's also knowing she's safe in doing this, knowing that her fans will love this and that there will never be a national divorce because the red states will never go away from those federal dollars the blue states provide. Mm -hmm. That's the number one reason why we will never have a country with a mass secession movement again right right and she's also safe in doing this insofar as her job requires her to say things like this her fundraising requires her to say insane things like we need to secede right. from the united states all the red states need to go off and form their own country and this is a valid idea i guess shows the lack of memory of what kind of cataclysm the last time that sort of thing happened uh sparked off so there are so many different problems with the idea of secession and i, I don't know when she's talking about separating red states and blue states yeah. is she talking about some sort of negotiated two-state solution or something yeah, no, for the United States? or is she saying that all these red states should up and secede and i think it's the latter i think she's saying that yeah, yeah you know what we're done you know, because secession is kind of like the sweatpants of geopolitics, John. It's it, it's what you do when you've given up. You quit when you can no longer exercise your ideas in a democracy using votes and words. You say bye bye and you leave. I know. Guess what? You you don't get to take your nation with you. You don't get to take its mm. pledge of allegiance. You don't, don't get to take its constitution. You don't get to take its name or its laws or its military start, or, or its, its military flag. or its economy for that. That's matter. right. That's right. And you, you got to start from scratch. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. But again, it's I can't tell where the dumb ends and the sinister and cynical begin, because there's no yeah. possible way any policy like this would ever be implemented. Right. She knows it's never going to happen. She knows it's safe to say what would happen to her own state. I mean, she's in one of many purple states. She's in a state with a Republican governor and two Democratic senators. She can't yeah. even say which way Georgia will go, and no one's going to ask her. But what's evil here is that this is dangerous because there are probably, we could say, millions of people in this country who take this very seriously and would yeah. love to see this happen. I want to give you the last word. Yeah, I, and I take it very seriously, too. We all should, because this would be a disaster that I can't even begin to describe. The United States would basically cease to exist, especially the united part of that right. title. Yeah, yeah. That's, the that's the goal. We're talking about civil war, a guerrilla style civil war without end, basically. Bob Seska, you're the smartest kid in class. How do our listeners follow you and keep up with all your many doings? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. The Bob Seska is my handle on Instagram. Also, my podcast is at uh, bobseskashow.com. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, We're my friend. Take, thank you. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back with your calls in just a moment at 866-997-4748. Welcome to Fail Better. 
David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John saying This is SiriusXM Progress. Hey, we're at 866-997-4748, and I thank you guys so much for your patience on hold. Let's get to some of your calls. Marie in Georgia, thank you so much for waiting. Hello and good evening. Hey, John. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, I called because of the grand jury four-persons interview in my career, which has been lengthy. I was previously a prosecutor, so I can speak about some of the things that are going on. I'm glad to hear that because I I don't have that kind of resume, but I still don't have any recollection of a jury four person going on a media tour like this, just giving teaser trailers about something that might happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's where it gets interesting. So when the grand jury completed their report, the judge, Judge McBurney, um, has to declare, has to basically release them um, and has to publish the report. Now, it's not entirely clear what publish the report is supposed to mean. And the grand jury members, the special grand jury members, recommended the publication of the report. The thing is that in the hearing, McBurney questioned Fawny Willis about yeah. why he should not publish. And he specifically said, he, he sort of asked the question, what would be the difference between now that they're released, one of the members of the special grand jury discussing it versus releasing it. Um, And I think that the the foreperson took that as the green light to discuss it. I think that she heard what he said about trying to keep content that would potentially put someone's prosecutions at risk or put someone's reputation at risk as a result of being named in it. I think she took that to heart in in the sense of, okay, I'm going to make sure not to say the things that he said he wouldn't release. Okay. Either way, it is unusual. First of all, special grand juries are highly unusual in Georgia. But more important than that, it is very unusual for someone who's been on a grand jury to go out and talk about what happened in the grand jury. You're right. And and realizes... I don't think she realizes that she's also setting herself up for whatever nut job. And we've got plenty of them down here. I know. I know. Um, You know what? For for those who don't know the story, because we've been talking, let me just refresh people's memory. This is the four women. And she told first she told the Atlanta Journal Constitution that they recommended multiple people be indicted. She said it's not a short list. 
There may be parts of it you did not expect, but I don't believe the season finale will have any major plot twists. Um, then she said that it wasn't just Trump's infamous and deeply illegal call to the Georgia Secretary of State. There were other recordings of calls by Trump that were played before the grand jury that the public has never heard of. She revealed that. She said that they, a reporter asked her, Trump claimed there was total exoneration from the grand jury. She replied, did he really say that? Oh, that's fantastic. That's phenomenal. I love that. I mean, even I'm saying this is not fair to Donald Trump. And then she went on NBC. She went on CNN. She said, um, I don't think there's any giant. That's not the way I expected this to go at all moments. I would not expect you to be shocked. It just seemed like she was incredibly thirsty and incredibly excited about this magical grand jury she was on. And the media was only too happy to stick mics in her face. But we've now heard that all the people who've been witnesses have been lawyering up, and some of them are hoping that they can use this against the prosecutors and against Fonnie Willis's eventual case. How likely is that? I mean, they can try to, but just this woman shooting off her mouth and not revealing anything, that has no bearing on the guilt or innocence of any people who might be indicted, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, if, if anything, the only thing I think it gives a little more credence to, but not much, is a motion for a change of venue. Georgia is a, <laughs> Georgia's a red state. It's got a very few deep pools of blue, um, yeah. Fulton County being one of them. But I, I absolutely expected that Trump, and for that matter, anybody who's going to be indicted, that their legal team is going to file for a change of venue because once you get outside of Fulton County, you're in red state hell. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, I mean, this woman, this woman should get an attorney herself, right? I mean, I, I yeah. think we can say that she probably violated the court order about confidentiality. I don't know that she violated the court order. Um, I think she came awfully close. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know enough about, you know, what, Judge McBurney may have instructed the grand jury when they were released. So, right. you know, who knows what she may or may not have, you know, she might have interpreted what he instructed them, however, right. she did, and, and that may or may not violate. So, yeah, I'm not, I would lawyer up if I was her anyway. Right. And also just one thing, this is a special grand jury. They have the power to investigate and recommend indictments, but they don't have the power to actually issue indictments. So we can take a step back and realize there, there's that as well. Marie, you are so smart and you class this show up all the time. And I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. Just a quick reminder, tomorrow night, uh, Joe Sudbay is going to be filling in again because I'm on the road uh, and i got to be traveling and I would not make it in time. Dr. Jason Nichols will be with him as well as Jordan Zakarian from a More Perfect U.S. this Saturday. Don't miss a conversation we recorded earlier today with the legend of, uh, well, where do you begin? <laughs> SCTV, all the Christopher Guest movies, the American Pie films, and more recently, Schitt's Creek, the great Eugene Levy. Finally joins the show and he's quite a lot of fun and he laughs at it too so don't miss it in the meantime we're at 866-997-4748 866-997-GRIT I want to get to your calls Rob in Orlando thank you so much for being so patient on hold for so long tonight good evening good evening John see Marjorie Taylor Greene is a wonderful human being and she's absolutely right we need national divorce and she should be able to keep whatever committee she's on. How would that work? How do you see? How, how, how do you? How do you see a nat 
Right. But how do you see a national divorce practically working? Because I think there's a lot of soldiers and cops who aren't going to want to give up their pensions. And it's not divided like it was at the time of the Confederacy. We're much more of a purple nation. And even our states, Marjorie Taylor Greene's in a state that has two Democratic senators. I mean, I can't even tell you how Georgia would go. You know, I've said it before. You take Texas, go all the way up through the through the through the Dakotas. We take everything to the right. You guys got everything to the left. And if you like Joe Biden as your president and you think John Fetterman's an actual, you know, useful Senate, you know, congressperson, you go over there. And if you want. Well, why to- why wouldn't he be a useful? Why isn't he a useful congressperson? Yeah. I mean, we got senators who've been there for decades and haven't done anything. He just got there. Why is he useful, dude? Yeah, he's a vegetable. He should be in a nurse. No, he's not. Playing, he's playing recovering from a stroke, right? <laughs> he's recovering. That's kind of mean. Have you ever loved a person who had a stroke? Well, of course, but I don't think they should be in public office. That's well, the I voters think. of his state yeah. chose him over Dr. Oz, and he's in recovery. And I thought it was damn brave of him to say that he was getting treated for depression. I think a weak man doesn't seek treatment for depression. A strong man does. So hey, now, here's my point. You guys are getting uh, just I don't want to get in the weeds here. here. I want to talk about because, secession. Yeah. Uh, Rob, oh, what you're saying, what you're, Rob, your idea for, for, for is not what Marjorie Taylor Greene is putting forth. She's saying that, like, the states stay the states. You're just a red state or a blue and so Florida's its own thing. Uh, so it's not divide the country down the middle. So, but how would that work? Game that out for me a little bit in your mind. Yeah. Uh, well, like, I don't see how it works. You, you'd have to create two, probably two different governments. You know, you'd have the, your side, the Democrat government. You'd have the. The United States, the United, the United States, it'd be the United States of America and then this new Confederate states or whatever you want to call it. But my, my question is, you said, you said Federation. we would no I, I, longer be united. OK, so but hang on. But, but you said have to call it something else. Right. But no, yeah. the states that were united, which you're talking about states leaving the United States, the United States gets to keep their name when other states decide to leave. That's how it happened last time. But you said everything to the left of the Dakotas. Are you saying California would go along with this or are you saying the East Coast would California, go along with this? I mean, they're, they're the most radical, useless state in our union. Mm, I mean, are they really? Wow. Yeah. Their economy is really in bad shape, aren't they? Yeah. Boy, they had a tough there. Uh, You know why this is never going to happen, right? You know, you know why this will never happen, though. Right. This, yeah, this, this is never going to happen. More own state. Yeah, you know why it's never going to happen is because the red states are financially dependent on the federal government, and that's why there will never be a secession. Um, Uh, That's why the the... blue states are. (laughs) far more dependent on the government because you got to take more government money for you. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. But the blues, no, what I'm saying is the blue states send the, yeah, it's completely untrue, but he doesn't know, Chris, he consumes Fox news. The blue states contribute more to the federal government than they take. The red states take more from the federal government than they contribute. It's very, very simple. It's not up for negotiation. It's how it is. That's why Florida has a surplus and your state is. Well, I didn't say all the states. I didn't say all. I didn't say all the states, but no, that's not true. California is not drowning in their own debt. California's got what? The fourth largest world economy? No, this is it's never going to happen because of states like Mississippi and Alabama, of other red states that we could name that we love very much that are not going to go away 
from the federal teat. It's just oh, never going to happen. Okay. And here's the thing. But here's Florida. the thing. Wait, 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 Robert, Robert, Robert. Marjorie Taylor Greene knows it's never going to happen. She says this to get guys like you riled up. You think she really means it? You think she's ever going to fight for this? I think you're being played by her. And she says what you want to hear. So you like her for it. But she's not being sincere to you. She's never going to fight for this. I challenge you to monitor her and see if she's ever more than just talk. She says this stuff to get right wing guys like yourself thinking that she's doing something for you. When in reality, and I think you know this, she doesn't care about about you or your health care or your finances one bit. She's Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's not an honest she's not an honest care. person and she doesn't care about non-millionaires. So again, well, well, go well, ahead, believe her. Listen, time. hang on, dude, believe her, send her a lot of money. But really, stay on her case. Find out what does she mean? How does she want to do this? What's her plan? Because I think that she's lying to you and I'm telling you the truth. She's just saying this to play men like you. And it works. Well, let me ask you one more thing before you hang up on me. I'm not going to hang up on you. I know, but let me ask you one more thing. What happens, you know, God forbid World War III happens. I don't want it, you know. What happens if, you know, Russia decides to nuke, you know, New York and California? Do they lose all their electoral votes then? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and the country loses about half of its uh, GDP. Yeah. If you know, I, I, you've talked about this before. I know that you really like the idea of mass death of your fellow Americans in these states you don't like. But uh, no, those states would still those states would still have the same number of electoral votes. Electoral votes right then. By the way, they blow up D.C. as well. And that would damage Virginia. But Virginia would have the same number of electoral votes. I don't want to see any Americans killed. Right, Robert? Well, we don't want to see any Americans die. Right. I'm just mentioning hypotheticals. I don't okay. know what happened. Well, technically, yeah. you'd have to wait I'm for the next census, it. Robert. So here's the thing. Uh, Mississippi received $2.13 back for every tax dollar they sent to Washington in 2015. West Virginia got $2.07 back for every dollar they sent. Kentucky got a buck ninety. South Carolina got a buck seventy one. New Jersey received 74 cents in federal spending for every tax dollar that state sent to Washington. New York only got 81 cents for every dollar they sent. Connecticut got 82 cents. Massachusetts, 83 cents. Uh, California got 96 cents for every dollar. They almost broke even. But on average, states got a dollar and 14 cents in federal spending for every tax dollar they sent to Washington. It's why the federal government has a budget deficit, because the red states aren't pulling their weight and the blue states, not all of them, but the blue states are propping up the red states. That's how it is. It doesn't mean the people in the red states are bad people. It doesn't mean they don't work very hard, but it is the reason, but hang on, but it is the reason this, but hang on, Robert, it is the reason this secession will never happen. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is playing you for a sucker. Maybe I can hope for World War III. I don't know. Maybe you will. I hope you have a good night, my friend. Stay well, stay healthy, and uh, we're all in this together, right? We're all in this together, right? I'm not your enemy, right? Orlando, definitely a safe zone in that scenario. I'm sure Russia would leave Orlando just fine as they bombed other major cities. 